You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. Praise God. Okay, um, we, we thank God and, um, and for me, as we go forward, like our brother reminded us, we know how easy it is to grow fat. Okay, for some people, they won't know. But for people like me, we know how easy. You just, just be normal and then you grow fat. Praise the Lord. But we've learned also, I mean, many of us know also that, that the, the cure to growing fat it's not so much not eating for some of us. Because some of us, if you're just sleeping and waking up, you'll still be fat. So the only way out is that you have to increase your activity. Praise the Lord. So that whatever it is that putting in you will have a more suitable outlet. So instead of fat, then you now go for muscles. Now, for many of us who are here, the truth is this. We are spiritually fat. And that explains a lot of the problems we feel. You know, our sister sharing at Get Connected was saying how we are snappy and how we are impatient amongst ourselves. It's because we know too much. You see, who do you want to tell? I mean, if you quote Jeremiah, the person will quote Ezekiel. In fact, he can even leave Ezekiel and go to Habakkuk, the one that is even more... When he says Habakkuk, the new Christian, he says, did you say Hebrew? He said, no. You see, everybody knows so much. But then what was the impact? The scripture we looked at in Mark 3 says, Jesus called these people to him that they might be with him, that he might do what? Send them out to preach. That he might send them out to preach. A man had said that the problem with today's church is that we are busy making people to sit down, whereas Jesus is busy trying to get people to go out. So we have people keep coming, sitting down, sitting down. And that's why if they talk about our nation today, they'll say there are 1,000, 1 million, whatever churches or churchgoers. Beautiful. And the truth is this, you cannot deny that. Because on Sunday, even just um, ordinary um, crossover night, there's traffic everywhere. Not from people going to nightclub, from people that are going to crossover. Now the truth is this, if those numbers truly in this nation actually got it right, this nation would have been transformed. But in terms of praise and worship, in terms of numbers and attendance, in terms of tithes and offerings and all of that, we are scoring high marks. But the problem now is that salt does not serve itself. Light does not light itself. Praise the Lord. The whole purpose of us coming to church is that we will go out and now transform our society. If our society is still the way it is, with the number of Christians that are there, then definitely we're not getting it right. We're not hearing it right. I was speaking to a friend after service, you know, on Sunday, and I told him, imagine if every born-again Christian who was in the civil service, a businessman, whatever, knew that it was not enough to bring tithes and offerings and do ushering in church. In fact, it really doesn't count. That what counts is this, in the process of making the money that you brought the tithe, how did you do it? 
after you have left the church what is the impact that you're making how are people who are coming in contact with you how are they seeing christ the other day we looked at christian success checklist right maybe we should look at what we have called spirit christian checklist tight and offering which many may not even qualify um regular attendance you're um, known by the pastor known by the workers I mean, you have all of that, and you really, that when they say, I say, I know him, he's a good Christian. And why do you say he's a good Christian? He's instant in fellowship, isn't it? But the purpose of fellowship, Jesus says that they might be with him, that he might send them out. So if you spend all your week here, and the one day or two days or three days you spend in your office, at home, or in your neighborhood, your light doesn't shine, how can we say you're doing well? A car is not fit because it sleeps in the mechanic. Do we say a car is excellent because it's always in the mechanic workshop? A car is excellent when it gets off the road, crosses airport road, Lokoja, you know, gets to Lagos, and nothing happens. That's when we know the car is functioning. But if the car is always in the mechanic, we don't clap for it. Praise the Lord. The same way someone is already always in the hospital, you say, ah, the person must be very healthy because he has doctors, nurses, you know, the best drugs surrounding him. No, it's when he leaves that place bouncing and accomplishing things. And that's what we have to begin to challenge ourselves to. He said this he did, very important. We can never miss that. I mentioned, I, I, I hope I did on Sunday, that Jesus said to the people, now get it right, priority right. Don't rejoice that the demons are subject to you. That's where we mix it up. Because the other extreme is that people now rejoice that they preach. But like I told you on Sunday, preaching for me will never take me to heaven. In fact, the Bible warns, it says, you that are teachers, you must be extra careful because you're subject to stricter judgment. It's not judgment of marking what I preach. It's judgment of marking what I live. So however you live, because I'm the preacher, I must keep it a notch higher. Okay, so the mix-up is people now begin to rejoice in the preaching and in the casting out demons and devils and all of that and in the healing. And the danger with all of that is that you can do all of that without his presence. The devil helps people do that. Praise the Lord. The, the devil helps people do that. The only thing is that he helps you cast out seven demons and 14 will enter into you. He helps people do that. So when we go to one extreme, we miss it out completely. There are people who, if they stood there and preached, you'll be shaking. But their life is nonsense. Okay? So, but we that are in his presence, we are like a car that is being revved. You started the car, the engine is sounding, you know, maybe it's a V12. Woo, woo, you're revving the car. And you keep revving the car and it's in neutral. And for six hours, the tank goes empty. And you say, you've really flogged this car. What has happened? You have wasted capacity you have wasted capacity and my prayer is that our capacity won't be wasted in the name of jesus in the name of jesus so tonight we want to just go a bit further look at some instances in the scriptures and then further understand how this is important it's not really a message that should take long it's just something that should be clear to every one of us for instance now during the praise and worship as we're singing and singing I was seeing something, uh, I believe the Spirit of God was trying to help me see something. He said, the way we sing these songs, do you know that every word of those songs, as they excite you in church, in actual life now, that's how they should excite you, but without the keyboard and the drums. 
Now, what am I trying to say? The Bible says, Hebrews 4, 12, it says, for the word of God is what? Is alive. The word of God is not only here. The word of God is alive. It's everywhere. Lord, you're everything to me. So you go for a business, and the business doesn't work out. And you push everybody. You don't greet your wife. You slam the door. You're saying the praise you're singing then, the song, not the praise, sorry. The music you're releasing then is that that job was everything to you. But if truly he's everything to you, when you're in that place, in that business place, you sit down before them. Once they try to bring anything, you just laugh at them. You say, people don't know who I am. They say, ah, who are you? Don't you need the money? You say, no, don't forget that I came here with everything that I have. And he's more than enough. Do you understand what I'm saying? You see, we must get ourselves to where this word, we take it as what it is. It's the word of God. Praise the Lord. Let me step back a bit so this might help us. The, the Bible says, let's do, thank you, Holy Spirit. We're doing Genesis again. In the beginning, God did what? Created the heavens and the earth, isn't it? So you and I, when you see the sun, what do you see? You see what God created, okay? It's night now, now, and we understand that the Bible says, you know, let night come, let day come, and all of that. So we see that our world was what? Formed out of what God said, isn't it? So we are reminded in Hebrews so that the things which are seen did not proceed from things which are visible. So it's the word of God that created what we call reality, isn't it? So if up till now the word of God created a reality, then why should I exclude the word of God from creating my reality tomorrow? Is somebody with me? Why should it be a challenge for me if I'm now confronted with just facing only the word of God? In a decision-making situation. Why, why should I think it, you know, being extreme to just hold on to God's word? I mean, why should there be a second thought? Not that you don't know, you know it too. But you see, you're now thinking, Haba, I mean, don't take it that seriously. Anybody doesn't take the sun that seriously. Day and night that seriously. You decide, you know, you want to go to work by, uh, by 11 p.m. Because, I mean, why should you take that night seriously? Does anybody do that? I mean, you get to your fish, you'll be, you know, meeting with, uh, you know, some ancient people. The normal people who should walk with won't be there. Why? Because this is what God has spoken into his creation and is ruling. He says, night unto night, day unto day. You see, night unto night reveals knowledge, day unto day unto day for speech. He says, and there is no extent, there is no part of the world where it's rich. So God's creation has proceeded from God's word and nobody is questioning it. Are you with me? Now, you and I as believers, knowing this, we should immediately just interpret it. Apply it. Praise God. Just lay hold of it. In any situation that you are in, I mean, this or this are a dimension to it. If somebody brings to you and says, but brother, this is what the word of God says. You know what? That should end every argument. In fact, that should end everything trying to seek what does God want to do or God wants us to do, isn't it? But many times when somebody tells you that, what was the answer? Help me now. Are you angry with me? Many times when people tell you something, they say, what, what do we say? I would say, uh, but, have you heard that before? I, I know, but, what is the but there now? I know, but, uh, but God says, you know, he's more blessed to give. Uh, but uh, uh, God says you should forget, uh, but... Uh, uh, God says you should do this, uh, but uh, God says you should not walk, you should walk by faith, not by sight. Uh, but uh, I have eyes, and my eyes are working. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? But when we do that, unfortunately, what we do 
is that we deny ourselves of the connection to the flow of God's power. We deny ourselves of that connection. Praise the Lord. Let's go back a bit. Two Sundays ago, we looked at God's love. And we said God's love is manifested in or is seen in what? Him having a plan for us, isn't it? So God's love for me does not necessarily have to show in my circumstances. No. We said his presence, praise the Lord. We said a plan, isn't it? And that plan is so key because what that plan is, is a future together, isn't it? The young lady will ask the man, what's your plan for this, taking out your, this every time you're, you know, you're calling me, what's the plan? Is there a future together, isn't it? Now, when God has, when God loves a man, when God loves a people, what he does is that he plans a future together, praise the Lord. So there's a plan, there's a future together. His presence is always there. He wants you to be in his presence. And like what's so Lent on Sunday in passing, albeit, it's the fellowship, not just the relationship, because we mentioned the relationship. Relationship is very powerful. It's the foundation. But then the fellowship is very important. And I believe it's the fellowship, maybe sometime we'll have time to look at it, that John was looking at when you read the, the epistle of John. It's the fellowship that John was writing about when he says that he that knows God does not sin. You see, it does not mean that someone who has mentioned God, who has given his life to Christ, doesn't sin. But the person who is in active fellowship with God does not sin. And that's how we can say, if we confess our faults, it's faithful and just word to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So there is a relationship part of our work with God. And the moment you give your life to Christ, you become a child of God. You're given the right, praise the Lord, remember, we're given the power to become what? Children of God. Now that power to become children of God has to be exercised. It has to be exercised. Because you remember, we said many, it's, yeah, I think many years ago, I can't remember. Remember, God cannot take your power to choose from you. The day he takes it from you, he has, you know, broken the DNA of man. Because he said, let us make man, what, in our image according to our likeness. The day God does not allow man to make his choices, then we are no longer men that he created in his image. So even after you become born again, you still have to make choices. And that choice becomes a choice of fellowship. And that choice of fellowship is the place of safety. Praise the Lord. The parable of the ten virgins. The ten virgins were in relationship. But only five were there for fellowship. The other five missed it. So people can miss heaven. Is someone hearing me? Yes, you can. The ten virgins were born again Christians. They had a relationship. But they did not keep the fellowship. So when the time came, they were not there. And when they started calling, what did the master say? Sorry, sorry. Okay, so, so, so there, there's a relationship, there's a fellowship, and then there's what we call the first dependence, isn't it? The tactical dependence, where God makes sure that you have to need him. Okay, he has to be there helping you out, supplying you, strengthening you, and seeing you through. There is one final one which ties into what we are learning. That's why I decided to go back. Is what I may call... God, when he loves you, when he loves you, he wants you to become an extension of himself. He wants you to become an extension of himself. So we go back to um, Esau. I have hated. Jacob, I have loved. Isn't it? And we learn that Esau enjoyed his life, free life. Nobody stressed him. 
you know, develop, became big, no stress and all of that. Why? Because we are not going to be called the children of Esau. There is no promise that will run through his bloodline. Praise the Lord. But Jacob, God needed to pass through him. He wanted to be God of what? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We today call ourselves the seed of Jacob. So God said, I will pass through you, Jacob. Why? Because I love you. I love you. So I'm going to pass through you. You'll be an extension of me. And that's what he did when he took Abraham. He walked on Abraham. Isaac got in. He walked on Isaac, Jacob. And everyone that God is interested in, he will pass through you. But now what we are learning is this. God doesn't stop in you. It is to pass through you. Praise the Lord. So that's what we began to look at on Sunday. So Jesus called them that they might be with him, that they might become one with him. And then when they become fully one with him, it doesn't stop there. What happens is that what? He will now pass through them. He will pass through them. And that's how come he would say to them, as the father has sent me, what am I doing? Before the father sent the son, where was the son? He was in the bosom of the father. In the beginning was the word, John 1, 1. In the middle was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. God sent the word that was with him. When God achieves you and I being with him, the next step is that he does what? He sends us out. He sends us out. And it's an important assignment, as in a privileged assignment, to be sent out. We become his extension. Why is that very important? Because it's in that process that many questions that we ask begin to be answered. Many things we are looking to begins to be experienced. Like we started by saying the word of God. The word of God is alive. Let's look at that scripture, please. Hebrews 4. Shepherd and any two edged son. And of joints. 13 says, and there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are what, naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Now, the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. What this is saying to you and I is this, as you have come to church now, as you have been a Christian for so-so number of years, the word of God knows what you know, isn't it? He knows what you have heard. Remember, um, our Lord Jesus Christ teaching also a very important principle. Said to the man, he was telling them that the man to whom, who knows to do or who has been taught to do but does not do. He says he'll be beaten with much stripes. But the one who doesn't know what to do and still does not do will also be beaten but with smaller stripes. So the word of God knows what you know. The word of God knows what you know. Praise the Lord. Because it's alive. So as you read the Bible in your morning devotion, you underline that place. He knows you have heard it. You come to church, you listen to the word. You know you have heard it. Someone told us many years ago, I can't remember. I think it was Pastor King that told us many years ago. He said, why it's as though a lot of people here face a lot of challenges is because the Bible promised us, it's a promise, that affliction will rise for the word's sake. Praise the Lord. You will be tested according to the word you hear. If you don't want any test, go to the church where every month, January to December, they are singing Christmas carol. You know, once you just go, the only thing they are testing is, when was Jesus born? He says Christmas Day, you have passed the exam. But when you go to where they are teaching you, you know, the word of God in truth and the deep things of God, they are going to test you. That's what it is. Praise the Lord. So the Bible assures us affliction will rise for the word's sake. Now, 
What now happens is this. Because the word of God is living. Please, sir, can you come? Because the word of God is living. The word of God knows what you know. Isn't it? So as you join in life, a situation comes up. How will God deliver you? The scripture says, God is faithful. Who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear? Isn't it? But with every temptation, he'll make a way of escape. So a situation arises here now. And God knows that the way out of this situation is that as you pass by this place, um, what will you do now? You'll give her your car. Eh? Okay. So that is your deliverance in this situation. And the word of God, you have been shabaking, you know, it is more blessed to give. You're just, you know, and in the night, the Lord was just ministering to you. You are feeling very easy. Okay. So you came to this situation now. And this dropped in your heart. You say, ah, <laughs> it is well. <laughs> Hallelujah. The Lord is good. Let me be going, Joe. And then you come here, you hit roadblock. And you're now wondering, God, where are you? God, where are you? God said, ah, ah, we were together here now. And I was alive in you. I was telling you, do it, do it, do it. This is your deliverance. This is your promotion. You did not respond to it. You know why you didn't respond? Because the word of God you heard, you took it and put it in the pocket. Every word of God you hear is to be mixed with faith. And that faith is not to quote it. I keep saying it. I'm not against quoting scripture because I don't know how to quote scripture. And for it, as long as you obey it, as you obey and just be quoting, I'll be clapping for it. But just to quote for quote's sake. You see, I have experience so. When I was in secondary school, Kevin, I did maths. And I like reading lying down on my bed. So I'll lie down on my bed and bring the maths textbook and read it. And I will understand everything. I'll read the illustration one, understand it. Illustration two, illustration three. I look at the exercise, say, I've understood all the illustrations, isn't it? I jump to the next chapter. And as I read all of them, it was when I got to the exam hall. <laughs> When I get to the exam hall, when I apply illustration one, the thing will hang. If, if the options are seven, five, six, I'll be getting 800. <laughs> then I'll apply illustration two, it won't work. I'll apply three, it won't work. You know, so I'll come out, you know, not passing the way I would have passed. It was when I was going to do my second jam that I realized that mathematics was not to be read. Mathematics was supposed to be practiced. Christianity is not to be read. It is to be practiced. And that practice, it says the commandments of God are not burdensome. Some people here will already say, but God, you're not, you can't obey what I'm, you're telling me now. You can obey. God always has a point where you can start from. Just like in that same mathematics, the first illustration they'll teach you in mathematics is how to get the easiest figure. Then they'll start withdrawing. Those people are wicked. They'll start withdrawing some crucial figures. So you now see a problem. You have to solve first of all to get what you need to solve again. The same way it is with your working God. You see, there are basic things, very basic things that they allow you to deal with. As you deal with it, like our dad would say, a signal will be sent above that this person is serious. What happens is grace comes to you. But you cannot be here still telling white lie. Eh? And you're crying to God, use, use you to do what? Which language will you speak? Do you understand? You can't be here, you know, still some basic things. You can't just let them drop. You can't pay that price in response to the word of God. And he says the word of God is a designer of the intents and thoughts. So he knows what you're thinking. So you can explain to men that, uh, you know what, but the word of God knows why you did it. Is someone with me? 
Now, this thing should not be an issue for someone who is in his presence because when you're in his presence, you know his greatness. You know his capability. You know his wisdom. You know his powers. So when you step out in the world, the word of God becomes your reality. That's how computer could say, Master, Master. You see, we actually thought we were dying. But if it is you, we are not just going to survive in the boat. Even on water will work. Bid me come. Because Peter had known enough of Jesus to know that his word was what what? Standing on. And that's what makes the Christian. As you grow in this thing, you have been intimate. So we come to church, we sing this song. This song should power you. You become like a recharged lamp. You have been recharged. You're actually looking for where there is darkness so it can come on. How many of us have bought new touch lights at some point and you, they don't want to take light? After some time, you can't turn it off. Uh, this touch light must work. <laughs> Praise the Lord. It's the same way. You, you come out from the presence of God. He has loaded you. You have to preach. You have to witness. You have to testify. Praise the Lord. You have to do something. In that process, what begins to happen is that the power of God, the wisdom of God, the blessing of God will begin to flow through you. Listen, when you begin to obey God, there are some things you won't need to explain. All things will not be, there are many things you won't understand though. Praise the Lord. Now, I'm not trying to say, no, no. There are many things you may not, but there are things you won't explain. You see, God will be a vindicator for you because you'll be, he, he's watching you and he's seeing. The word of God is living. He says you will not be allowed to be tempted beyond. You know what it means, stars and mass? It means if that scripture is true, which is true, isn't it? There is no temptation you or I or every one of us here that is going through that they did not check us and say we're able to bear it. If we now fail in it, you know what has happened? We have denied the world which knows the truth. Praise the Lord. Oh, yes. God is faithful. He checks you out. Can you handle this? He goes through your life. He goes through your prayers. He goes through your notes. He goes through the things you have said to him. He said to him, Lord, oh, Lord, if everyone does this, isn't that what happened to Peter? Was Peter the only one that ran away? All of them fled. But Peter was the one that said, me, and me, Peter. So they said, okay. The word is in your mouth. Let it become your practice. When he got to practice, he said, Tori Allah. <laughs> Praise the Lord, somebody. Praise the Lord. Come with me to First um, Kings 17. We'll see something there. First Kings 17, quickly, verse 8. It says, Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This is to Elijah, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. This was when the woman spoke. As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bean, and a little oil in a jar. And see, I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare for myself and my son, that we may eat it and do what? And die. And Elijah said to her, Do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. Afterward, make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, The bean of flesh shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry, until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. 15 says, So she went away. And did according to the word of Elijah. And she and he 
and her household ate for how many days? And 16 says, the bean of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. Now, let's look at this critically now. This woman in the first place was not a Jew. Praise the Lord. But we have something that is critical there, which is where I'm interested in. In verse 9, the Bible tells us something there. God says, I have told her. Brethren, we started by saying, if creation began by saying, and God said, let there be light, then everything God says is as solid as creation. Let the battle be. God, are you really saying that? Is someone with me? Let, the bat, let your struggle not be obedient. Let it be, God, is it you that I'm hearing? Because this woman, the Bible says, and the Lord had commanded, he says, I've commanded a widow. So the woman heard very well. Are you with me? Just like you have heard some things very well. You may not like it, but you heard it. And sometimes when you hear it, you say, uh-huh. I didn't want to come today. Eh? But you've heard it. Praise the Lord. So you've heard it very well. And look at her circumstance. She was coming out now to make the last meal. Let them die before somebody comes to take it. And the man arrives that God told her about. And this man, to know that this woman knew something, the woman said, as the Lord your God lives. Who told her about Elijah? Do you understand? As the Lord your God lives. This woman was a hidden. This is my situation. And she was hoping then that the man would be humane and considerate. Like some of us. Maybe that's some of the problems some of us have. We don't like, you know, disturbing people too much. But this man said, listen, this is the deal. Eh? Go, make for me, old man. You know, mother and children are very important. But say in this case, forget yourself. Make for me. When I eat, eh? then he has finished though because it was very small. When I eat and he has finished, then you can make for yourself and your son. But this is the word of the Lord. The bean of flour, the jar of oil will not what? Finish. And the Bible says this woman went and did like that. I pray that my life will be like that. That when God says it, I will just go and do it like that. I'm telling you, you will live a wonderful life. You'll be a testimony. Do you understand? Your life will shine. Praise the Lord. Because it's the same word that spoke like, say, let there be light. When he says, sit down. When he says, keep quiet. When he says, witness to that person. When he says, give. When he says, do this. Whatever he's saying to you is light in your situation. Is healing. Is deliverance. Is salvation. Praise the Lord. That's what it is. And we thank God that this woman obeyed. And we saw what happened. If we have time to read the story. Not only did she find sustenance for her family. But a more serious thing that was going to happen. God had it covered. Because Elijah still raised his son from the dead. Because the goodness of when the Bible says. God is able to do exceedingly. Abundantly above all that we could ask or imagine. You see these are some of the things I don't understand. Someone is a believer. And you have been convinced now by... um, the freezer uh-huh. so you used to pay t- you're born again and you used to come to church so you come here ac is blowing you sound everything you see everybody that's serving you but you have chopped 90 percent before you now started chopping the whole hundred and you think you're smart and then the bible says god is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or imagine according to the power that works within you what power do you think it is power of that what that the freeze asked you to do it says, be it unto you according to your faith. I've told you here, tithe is the least. You must ask God, what should I offer to you? Tithe is where you want to stand. Say, Lord, at least uh, 
The people before me, this is where they stop. Please, don't, don't tempt me beyond this one, Lord. But you just drop it. And then you want to claim that you're, you, you believe this God. Praise the Lord. You, you can't. You can't be serious. You can't be serious. Because the just shall live by faith. What is that faith? That faith is the decision you make by yourself, uncoerced. What are you doing without pressure? Without, what are you doing without someone forcing you? That is a bad eye view to how you see God. Praise the Lord. It's, I mean, it's very simple. If you want to know how big you really think God is, check your life when you're alone and the things you do without anybody knowing. Every other thing can be how you see the pastor, how you see the neighbors, how you see, you know, the way you talk, you know, where people are is not really, I mean, just check your life. What are those things you do? That is how you really see God. Praise the Lord. Anyway, so for this woman, we saw her respond and we saw the miracles that followed. Quickly, let's look at Exodus also. We see the account in Exodus. Exodus chapter 14 is a very completely different scenario, but it captures what we want to look at. I read verse 1 for background. Now the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the children of Israel that they turn and camp before Pihahiroth, between Migdal and the sea, opposite Baal-Zephon, and you shall camp before it by the sea. For Pharaoh will serve the children of Israel that are bewildered by the land, and the wilderness has closed them in. Then I will harden Pharaoh's house so that he will pursue them, and I will gain honor over Pharaoh, over all his army, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord. And they did so. Now it was told the king of Egypt that the people had fled. And the heart of Pharaoh and his servants was turned against the people. And they said, why have we done this? That we have left Israel to go from serving us. So he made ready his chariot and took his people with him. He took 600 choice chariots and all the chariots of, the, of Egypt with captains over every one of them. It says, and the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And he pursued the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with boldness okay i jump to verse 10 and when pharaoh drew near the children of israel lifted their eyes and behold the egyptians marched after them so they were afraid and the children of israel cried out to the lord then they said to moses because there were no graves in egypt have you taken us away to die in the wilderness why have you so dealt with us to bring us up out of egypt 12 says is this not the word that we told you in egypt saying let us alone that we may serve the egyptians for it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness. And Moses responded now to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. Praise the Lord. Now, if you stop here and read verse 15, you'll notice something there. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? There's something there that wasn't well captured. You know, I believe we are being shown it now. After Moses calmed the people of Israel down, I believe Moses himself took up their anxiety and went to God and started telling God, this is real trouble. But you see, if you look at where we read from verse 2-3, you see that God had told Moses, I have a plan. And it will seem like you're trapped. And then Pharaoh and his armies will come to catch you in that trap. Praise the Lord. God had told Moses that. So when Moses started crying to God, God said, but I've given you my word. This isn't the plan. Are you with me? So that's how come he could say to them, why do you what? Cry to me. At this moment, you should be excited. This is when you will be singing, Onisha Iyanu. 
Praise the Lord. Somebody should be singing that now. Because whatever you're going through, God had told you to get to this point. Are you getting what we're saying? You see, the word of God is for application. It's not for storage alone. It's for application. God has said to Moses, Moses, I'm going to make these people to come after you. And then I will gain glory over them. This is when you should have been singing, glorify your name. This is when you should have been singing it. But rather he was crying. So God said, Moses, shut up. Shut up. Ah. And remember, at this time, they had the pillar of cloud. Though. They had the pillar of fire. So were they imagining that under such visible manifestation of God, Pharaoh will come and be killing them? Tell your neighbor, lift up your eyes and expect wonder. If you're a bit close to this God, you should expect wonders. You should expect wonders. One of the statements that Lord Jesus continually made to the disciples, he said, why are you of little faith? You should take steps that will show that you're a believer. I asked us on Sunday, I asked today, because this is the inner caucus. What step can you say I took looking back in 2018 that is a step of faith? You have been living in safety zone since. And this God you serve is excited when he sees faith. Have you tickled God? What have you done lately? Is someone hearing me? I mean, what step have you taken? What have you said no to? What have you, you know, what step? Where have you knocked? What have you applied? Are you a presidential candidate? Praise the Lord. What have you really written? Comments on Facebook, done unemployment. All those things you could have taken a step and written and gone to, um, what's it called? Either INEC or National Orientation Agency and made a submission to them. Maybe they may have invited. What have you done? With this God that you have, praise the Lord. What step? What? What? I, I mean, if God really were backing you, assuming all of a sudden they made your best friend the chief of staff to the president, how would you have been behaving for the last three months? You see yourself now. You're thinking differently, Abby. You would have knocked on some doors, but you have the God of heaven and earth behind you. You have the Creator of the heavens and the earth. I've told you you heard the story about the man I met in an office in FCD. Knocked on the man's door, a director, and said, I want job. I was expecting them to bundle the man out of the office. And the director, you know, who was a fellow pastor, you know, said to him, you want job. You know, in shock. And the man was smelling. You know, I mean, he's a dirty, just, I want job. Okay, I, I want job. Me, it was the same job I want. I want me, I came, I want job. And the man said to him, Okay, where's because what they do is that you bring your company card and then they make a list of different supplies. So he says, where's your company card? And the man said, he doesn't have, excuse me. He now went out and borrowed somebody's card and brought back. The same list where they put my name, they put his name. You know what would have happened? Probably that man would have gone to one marabou and he would have told him, anybody you talk to will answer you. Tonight, I'm telling you, God is behind you. Every word of God that he has said to you, go and obey it. And you will have a testimony. Amen. Do you understand what I'm saying? He said that he might send them out. Everything God says in his word, he's not planning it so that he... Listen, people of God, some of us are waiting for when we will do exam. You know, when we all sit down, they say Christian religious knowledge. They give you paper, they start writing all of it. When are you planning to use all that you know? Just ask yourself, all that you know from the word of God, when do you want to use it? Okay, one scripture. For with God, all things are possible. When do you want to use it? Eh? 
when they ask it in the exam, I mean, they say true or false. And then you just mark true and smile. No. So Moses said to the people, just don't be afraid. Stand still. See the salvation of the Lord. He will accomplish for you today. He'll do this. He'll do this. He'll do this. And then he went to God and started crying. And the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying to me? I've told you I have a plan. Go and tell the children of Israel, what should they do? They should go for you. Proceeded from my presence. You already know enough of me. Praise the Lord. Go forward. He said, go forward. Tell them to go forward. This is what you're going to do. Just raise that same stuff you have. Spread it over. That's what you should have been asking me. You should have been asking me, Lord, which direction is this one that going to come from? Praise the Lord. It says that he might send them out. Child of God, every encounter you're having with the outside world, outside of church, you have been sent out to manifest the presence of God in that environment. Some of us are having difficulties in our office and we are crying. Stop crying. Wipe those tears. Pray throughout in the night. The Lord will give you a dream. If he doesn't give you a dream, when you go there, just do the bold thing to be done. Don't go down and be shaking. I don't know if the sister that shared her testimony here many, a couple of months ago is here. She said one man had been harassing every lady in the office. And then after one Sunday service, she just went and knocked on the man's door. Many of us heard the testimony, right? She knocked on, for those who were not here, knocked on the man's door, came in. And she told the man, listen, listen, no matter what you do, I'll never sleep with you. I'm not that kind of person. You understand? Said the man was, we're here now. The man was just looking at her like this, couldn't talk. You think that man will try her again? But some of you just be crying, crying, crying. Say, okay, can you touch only my hand? I bind you. <laughs> just my hand, please. <laughs> Let's just be friends. Do you understand what I'm You're a believer. Praise the Lord. You see, the gathering of God's people, just like today, the praise and the worship was very powerful. It's marvelous. But you see, it's meant to charge us to go out there. It's meant to prepare us to go out there. Listen, I've said it here before and I say it again. People of God, if this God we serve, we are not a God of wonders, a God of miracles, a God of awesome thing that does awesome thing. I won't take him seriously. Why would I bother living holy and, you know, just uh, being a, a Jew man and all of that? And then I won't serve a God that can do all kinds of things anytime. Do you understand? He's a marvelous God. He's a God that, you see, his wonders, you never finish seeing it. The Bible told us, the 24 elders, they bow and they rise up. They say, hallelujah. You see, for eternity, they've not seen enough wonders seeing God. They're in his presence. There's no sea finished with God. He's a mighty God. Do you understand? He's an awesome God. But you and I have to step out. When last did you boast in his name? Boast to your doctor? Boast to your employer? Boast to, I mean, boast to even your landlord with integrity. No, of course. Let me tell you, okay, very important because this is the kingdom king. If you own your landlord, let it be that you don't have money. Not that you're buying a car or you're building a house and you're owning landlord. That's wickedness. You should be beaten with many stripes. Do you understand? That's unrighteousness. Let it be that genuinely you want to pay. Not your own landlord. You're going on vacation. You're buying uh, uh, different things. That if you had been giving the man small, small, he would have used it to solve his problem. And then you come and say, the pastor said, I declare and I decree. When you finish, you turn back. You won't see anybody. It's all about you see behind you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But the word of God is true. So the Lord said to Moses, 
They said, tell them that the only thing after all I've told you is to go forward. When you have the word, go forward. Do you understand? When God has spoken, you go forward. Go for that go forward is obedience. And if it's a red sea that is before you, you know what will happen? One thing must shift. We learned at the VG, isn't it? At the presence of God, the mountains, they skip like rams. The sea must part. Situations must change. Why? You're carrying his presence. He said, to tell them to go forward. Let them go forward. Let them make progress. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, somebody. As we round up, I'll show you a scripture and then we'll pray. There are actually two. One is my scripture, but I might share with you if the Lord releases me. 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15. Verse 45. I believe this will help a lot of us. You see, we always trace ourselves to Genesis where it started. But something very key is made known to us here in verse 45. If it's on the screen, let's read it together. And so it is written, the first Adam became what? A living being. The last Adam became what? A life-giving spirit. Praise the Lord. Now, as beautiful as it is for us, you and I, to be restored to what Adam lost, interestingly, is much better. Because Adam was restored to a living being. He was restored to where God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And he started living. Praise the Lord. But in regeneration, when Jesus Christ came, praise the Lord, you and I are no longer just living beings. We are now what? Life-giving spirits. So we are not just at the same level where Adam was. Jesus speaking in John chapter 20, John 20, 19 to 23. Jesus speaking to the disciples there. He said to them, as the Father has sent me, what have I done? So send I. Then he said to them, if you forgive the sins of any, he said they are forgiven. Adam couldn't do that. If he could do that, he would have forgiven the sin of, uh, uh, what is that, his son? Cain. He couldn't do that because there was no gospel in his mouth. Are you with me? But you and I today, we are not just living spirit, but we are life-giving spirit. So God has lit you up. God has lit you up. God has quickened me so that I don't just live, I can quicken somebody else. And do you know what, sir? That's your greatest privilege. That's the zone we need to start living in. That's what our burning passion should be. Lord, bring me to, let me give life to somebody today. Let me bet somebody. Why? Because this is our privilege. If you go down 46, 47, you can, you can put it, or I'll read it, 46, 47. It says, however, the spiritual is not first, but the natural and afterward the spiritual. The first man was of earth, made of dust. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As was the man of dust, so also are those who are made of dust. And as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. And as we are born the image of the man of dust, we shall also what? bear the image of the heavenly man. This is where you and I are now. We are life-giving spirits. Praise the Lord. We have been given the power to spread life. What a privilege. Praise the Lord. I respect anyone who has added to our world in terms of discoveries, those who discover light, in electricity, telephone, aeroplane, and all of that. You know, I respect them because I wonder how the world would have been if it's only people like me who just eat that were in the world. By now, praise the Lord, there'll be no weave on, no car, no light, even microwave. Remember? Do you understand? We won't, uh, do you understand? <laughs> even shaving stick. You know, I'm, any inventor, anybody who has invented something here, let's, let me clap for it. 
I'm telling you, I have deep respect. When I see, you know, I, I just, I know life is better because of them. Praise the Lord. But do you know what? You and I are not inventing things that make life better. We have been given the privilege of bringing forth life. It's a greater honor. It's a great. It says the time shall come that even the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of Man. And when they hear what will happen, they will live. And you know that voice? That voice is your voice. That voice, that voice is your voice because it's now living in you. Christ in you is what? The hope of glory. That voice is in you. In your office, somebody is coming to work dead and you can quicken that person. There's a couple that they are dead. They are just married. They are, you know, buying perfume and doing a, a love. But they are both dead. But you have been anointed to invite them out, sit them down. Tell them this thing you're doing, can you sustain it? There's a deeper life. There's a greater life. There's eternal life. That's the privilege we have. And that is what the church in Nigeria needs to begin to understand. We are not at the same level. We are not struggling for the same things with them. While they are coming to the table to make living, make a living. We are coming to the table to make life give. We want to give life. So when they come, they want to make more money. You are coming to bring life. If not to them, they may have sold their souls to the devil. But through your policies and decisions, you should be thinking, what will I do in this environment that will create life? I mentioned the imaginary, the people in different places. That's what the Christian politicians should be looking for. Because your life, the commission from heaven on every Christian is give life. That's what it was given to Abraham. That's what was given to Isaac. That's what was given to Jacob. That's what was given to Moses. As you go down, he said, just give life. Why? Because I brought you to myself. Why will I bring you to myself? I am life itself. I'm Zoe. Why will you proceed from me and life will not go from you? So we really, in that sense, don't count again because we have been settled. So when I pass through trials, I'm just saying, how can life come out of it? When I'm also blessed and exalted, I'm also saying, how can what? Life come out of it. I'm just looking because that's my commission. Life, 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 life. There are multitudes in the valley of decision. And you and I have seen the light. And heaven is saying, life passed by you. I've sent you there. Give them life. I'm relying on you. Give them life. Give them life. Praise the Lord. The other day, I was pondering, what is the most terrible thing that can happen to anybody you know in the process of thinking about all this christian success list what is really a sad situation for anybody any human being you know what it is it's not being poor the truth is that many poor people are happier than most rich people i'm sure you know that <laughs> many people are very happy i remember those days as a young person our house was a big house very big house you know in those uh, standards we had this neighbor one uh, old woman and she lived where, where she lived in wasn't even boys quarter boys quarters was executive to it but you see there's this egusi or where egusi soup she used to cook whenever she cooks it when we are playing and the aroma comes we will leave the one they served us eh, on a jabo plate and sneak and go to this woman's cottage and eat that all forward i'm sure she never had she never had meat in it but you see, there was just something she had, do you understand, that would draw all of us. Wealth, a lot of times, is weight. Do you understand? It's weight. Let God bless you. I'm telling you, let God bless where you are. Let God bless what you have. I'm telling you the truth. Let God just bless you. Let God bless your husband in your eyes. 
He not give you another husband. You think he's another husband? If only God were to give me that kind of husband. So what is the most terrible thing that can happen to anybody? Very important. And especially for us that are believers, we should never fall there. Matthew 18.6. Jesus made a statement in Matthew 18.6. He said, whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, this is the worst thing that can happen to anybody, whether born again or unbeliever. Whoever causes one to sin, especially those who believe, he said it would be better for him that what? A millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the sea. This is Jesus. There is nothing. So don't, I want to ask somebody here, please. What is depressing you? Did you cause anybody to sin or that you're just in pain? Or you just don't have some, I speak joy to you. The person that should have a problem is somebody who is causing someone to sin. That is the most terrible situation anybody alive can be in. By action or inaction. By speech, by, con by whatever means. You make someone to sin. Ah, I can't help you. That's the other side. Now what is the best thing that anybody, best position, who is to be envied? Because that's how I got this. In, in the process of that, I said, Lord, okay now. It's not prosperous. It's not this. So what really is? He said this one is the worst one. Because this one is not that. The person, you know the person is not going to heaven. But he's also making others not to go. It means that there is a double wahala for him. The other side of it, Daniel 12 verse 3. Daniel 12, 2. You can start from 2. Let's read it if we are there. And 3 now says what? Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament. And those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. You see, it's not MTV that started producing stars. God has stars in the Old Testament. He said there are people who their reign as stars will be forever. And who are these people? He said those who turn many to righteousness. That's where you want to be. That's where you want to be. That's where we want to be. You see, those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the firmament. That's glory. That's success. That's being made. See, he's a made man. That person is to be envied. And he said, those who turn many. Thank God I've not come here to tell you I've come to make people billionaires. Because they didn't say those people would, would shine like stars forever. Do you understand what I'm saying? Oh, no. He said, those who turn many. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, let me be counted in this number. Let me be counted in this number. Let me be amongst this number. Those who will shine like the brightness of the firmament. Those who their starship will never have an end. Let me be in this number. And that's how we started by saying, in my generation, let me lift your name up. In my time, let me lift your name up. While people are still asking, does this thing still work? Let me be a witness amongst the young people. Let me be a witness amongst the business people. Let me be a witness amongst the wives. Let me be a witness amongst the husbands. Let me be a witness. Let me be a witness. Lord, you have shown me your power. You have made known to me your goodness. I'm a beneficiary. I'm a recipient of your kindness. Lord, tonight I'm saying, 
Express your love through me. Express your kindness through me. Express through me. Indeed, let me be a life-giving spirit. Let me be a life-giving sister. Let me be a life-giving brother. Let me be a life-giving Nigerian. Lord, help me. 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 Begin to ask the Lord. And if there's any place, like we've already looked at, where God has spoken to you, then this is the moment to find strength in his presence so that you can go forth from here. He said that you should come boldly to the throne of grace that you might obtain mercy. Is there anything that is accusing anyone? Is there any area that we have been pointed to? Where we have said, where we know that's what God wants, but let's begin to receive mercy because he's a merciful God. He's a God of second chances. He's a God of third chances. Lord, I receive forgiveness for not acting on your word. Lord, I ask for help as I go forth from here. Let your word be to me like a nice meal. Let me eat it. Let me eat it. Let me gulp it down. The Bible says I've desired your word more than my necessary food. Make me, O oh Lord, a man, a woman, a person who is in love with your ways and your will. Ask the Lord. I want to be really wise. I want to be wise in your eyes, not in my own eyes. Lord, I thank you. If the word that created the heavens and the earth are available to me, why should I not hearken to it? If the word that has kept the earth oscillating and the sun revolving and the moon circulating, if the word that has kept seasons after season, is given to me. Why should I not obey? Father, I'm thanking you. Finally, I want you to begin to pray. Lord, I'll be your witness. Lord, I'll be your witness. In my word, I'll be your witness. In this nation, I will be your witness. Don't look down on yourself, sister. Don't look down on yourself, brother. Don't look down. David was not even in the army. David was not in the army. He was not conscripted. He was not invited. He was not selected. He was not considered. He was not in the army at all. You may not look like any of them, but you never know. Maybe it's your prayer. Maybe it's your obedience. Maybe it's your declaration. Maybe it's your stand. Lord, use me. Lord, use me. Lord, use me. Use me, Lord. Use me in this nation, in my generation, in my immediate environment, amongst my friends, with my customers, with my clients, with my colleagues, in my family. Use me, Lord. Use me. Use me. Begin to tell him, Lord, I'm available to you. Lord, I'm available to you. 
you have shown me mercy you have written my name in your book of life what else remains you can use me for your glory I surrender all to you I surrender to you Lord I thank you for the private moments we have but Lord my world is asking questions use me Lord 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 strengthen me and use me I have no power of my own I have no power of my own Lord use me Lord use me Use me in this nation. Use me in my generation. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-158804. You can find us online at www.thefatherschurchonline.org. God bless you.